Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Hey, hey, friend. I am so pumped for this episode. Today, I actually got to chat with my friend Hannah Morrison. Hannah is a blogger and a shop owner, and she's honestly been such a huge support and friend in my life. And so I am thrilled for you to meet her. I believe you are going to love her just as much as I do. Uh, In this episode, we are talking about actually a variety of things, but I feel like the common theme that we really dove into was uh, being a woman of faith in work and in business. We talked about um, finding how to thrive in uh, transitional seasons of life uh, and especially in new seasons of life. Specifically in this uh, conversation, Hannah shared about her experience with how her work changed and how that kind of uh, how she had to learn how to navigate uh, becoming a mom and navigating postpartum depression and some of the struggles that can come with that, uh, not only within your personal life and your home and your family, but also how that affects your passion and what you were doing for work and your career uh, and everything that comes with that. So I love today's episode. It's raw. It's honest. We're we're talking uh, business, we're talking dreams, we're talking uh, family, and we're talking even mental health. So I believe there's so much value packed into this episode. Hannah is so honest, uh, so encouraging. And so if any of those topics that I just kind of touched on and summarized that we're covering in this episode resonate with you, you're going to want to stick around, hang out and tune into this episode. It is going to bless your life. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. are so welcome. Thank you for being on. I was just saying off air how I've gotten to kind of follow at a distance your journey. We started following each other a couple of years ago and I just think what you're doing is so inspiring and encouraging and authentic and it's been really fun to kind of get to know you from a distance and now get to talk to you. So I'm really honored. Thank you. Well, I felt the same way. I can like remember whenever I first started following you and you've been such an inspiration over the last couple of years through every season and it's just been really fun to follow you. Aww. So I'm really excited to be on here. Yes, it's so fun. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, let's give everyone a little bit of a, maybe a background as to what you're doing. You know, what, like, tell, just give a little synopsis. Like, what are you up to? Who is Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I call myself a lifestyle and mommy blogger. And then I also have a shop that I do just like fun, seasonal, limited run, um, launches of t-shirts over in the shop and we have some fun other stuff coming up like earrings and we do prints oh, sometimes um just like a fun extension of my brand really and then um I also run a company basically doing for other people what I've learned to do for myself the last four years mm-hmm. um so I have a team of three other women and we run social medias for companies in the area I love it. That's so smart to take your expertise that you've had to learn through doing and then be able to help others get to where you've gotten. Um, But I want to touch on something because this is a funny story that I haven't yet shared with you. So (laughs) when I pointed out your Instagram to my podcast manager and I was like, hey, I want to have this girl on the podcast. Like, I feel like we've kind of like known each other, but not known each other for the last couple of years. I said, see if we can get her on. She goes, okay, does she have a bakery? She thought you were a bakery. Yeah. Okay. Because explain, explain this, the story behind the name of your, of your brand, because I think it's so cool. Yes. But when she said that, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, no, it's different, but I think it's really cool. So yeah. 
I mean, literally every time I go to the bank and deposit checks or something, I get asked, oh, what kind of cakes do you make? <laughs> so it's totally a common uh, mistake people make. Um, but I came up with the name The Cake by Hannah actually because of my husband. Hmm. Um, one of the blog posts I wrote like way back in the day when I just had a blog really just for family because I lived really far away from family. I was blogging about my wedding and I had this blog post called The Cake. And Paul was like, you should totally make a blog called The Cake. And I was like, what would that mean though? Like, yeah, okay, it sounds cool. Mm -hmm. And we started really diving into what that could be for me. And I'm really passionate about just being kind to all people. Um, And so this whole brand idea came about of spreading kindness like buttercream frosting. Mm -hmm. And that when people come to my corner of the internet, they just get something sweet and encouraging all the time from where it's like there's so many other things in the world that are so discouraging. And so our hope, anytime someone comes to the cake, they just leave feeling encouraged and like they've been touched by something sweet. Mm, I love that. I love that you've taken a visual. That's what's, I think this is genius. And you know, it's like, cause you could have just said like, Oh, I just want my corner to be kind. And it's like, that right. is what you're doing to some degree, but you have put this entire visual and then personal experience. And I don't know if you've studied branding at all, but I'm kind of a, like a nerd about this stuff. And what yeah. I think is so cool about that is that it's like this creative way. Like when people feel like it's sensory, like they can see it, they can smell it, they can touch it, they can taste it. Like when you use words like that in your writing or in your copy or in your branding, it creates this connection and it like makes people pay attention in a different way. So I love that you've just put this entire literally like you've baked a cake with it and it's something people can actually feel like they're experiencing even if it's simply even if it's a very simple concept so I think it's genius I love it so much and I thought that was so great when she said wait is she a baker and I was like yeah kind of in a different way (laughs) yeah we make up other things (laughs) yeah that's awesome I love it I love it okay thank you you started blogging this is kind of how this happened and I have so many women I've I've been saying like podcasting is kind of like audio blogging it's kind of like a different way to do it um totally but I've had so many women college girls uh women who are you know running an Etsy store or working part-time or working full-time or just want some sort of creative outlet, not sure if they ever actually want to do something with it, but they're, you know, interested in the whole blogging concept. I think it's kind of like this, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I feel like I've, I've blogged a lot before too, and it's kind of what helped my brand grow, but it's interesting to me because I feel like blogging, as long as it's been around, is still kind of like this very confusing area. People are like, how do you yeah. actually do that as a thing? Like what? Yes. So I'm curious, like I want to go back to the beginning because It is kind of a hard thing to understand if you're just trying to figure it out. But I want you, if you don't mind, to walk us through the moment when you wrote your first blog. Like, what was that season of life like? What made you decide to do that? It's obviously grown a lot over the last several years. How long ago was that? Just like, give us a little insight into that beginning. Sure. So like a little bit of background history on me. I went to school for broadcast communication and creative writing. And so really my dream, like my whole life since the fourth grade was to be best friends with Kathy Lee Gifford and be on the Today Show. Like that was like my total ultimate dream. Um, and then in college, um, I fell in love with my now husband and it was really shocking because I'd never been in love before and everyone was like, what's going on? <laughs> um, and ended up realizing like my dreams were sort of shifting in alignment with what Paul and I would do as a couple and my dream of being a broadcaster just totally changed. And so my last year of college, I was like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Because I've spent my whole life Mm. thinking I was going to be a newscaster. And so I focused a lot on the creative writing side of my degree. I ended up getting a internship, an internship at um, D Magazine, which is in Dallas. It's a pretty well-known magazine in the area to work for. And that's where I was first introduced to blogging. Mm. Um, I had never heard of blogging before. This was about seven years ago. So it was still really, really new when I was um, an intern doing this. I wrote two columns, which is always really funny for me to think about. I was writing a column about um, designer dupe wedding gowns. Hmm. And then I was also writing incognito as a mom, um, as a 20 year old. You weren't a mom, but you were, you were writing as a mom. Yes. (laughs) This is great. Um, I was writing as a mom and creating recipes for moms to make for dinner for their children that could then also the leftovers could make a totally different meal for lunch the next day. Hmm. Um, So it was really fun. And I learned this niche of, writing that I didn't even know existed Mm. and the online editorial world just totally 
was like where I thrived. I loved it. Hmm. Um, so then I ended up getting my first job out of college um, through some mutual connections at D Magazine. And um, I was a buyer for an online editorial. And I like I learned so much from this job. It was fantastic, except leadership was really terrible. Hmm. And, um, you know, if I could tell 22-year-old me, like, just to stick it out and honor the position, yeah. even if the person in charge of you isn't honorable. <laughs> um, I wish I could go back and like redo some of that, but you mm-hmm. can't. I learned a ton. I um, love that you just said that though. Like, can we park there for a second? Not to interrupt yeah. But I think this is huge. And this is something I try to instill in my audience a lot because I have a lot of women who reach out and are like, I just want to be an influencer tomorrow. Or I just want to do this. Or <laughs> I'm at a job and I'm learning, but I hate it. Or like, oh and I gosh. think you know, I've worked a lot of wonky jobs, you know, like side hustle jobs or jobs to help like support what I'm trying to build or whatever. And I sometimes think we can be, especially in our culture where literally you can have so many things and immediately it's like perseverance through jobs or through seasons that are actually teaching and preparing us for something, but that seem frustrating. We can be so impatient with. And I love that you said that that would be the piece of advice you would give, you know, to someone who feels like they're in that position or even to your younger self, because, I really want to instill that like you don't just get to quit your job and then sit on a beach and have passive revenue the next day or like you know you don't get to just like leave and sometimes people do and then they find themselves in a tough tough spot and so I always try to encourage like make a plan remember what you're learning you know like this is a growing season this is a preparing season like obviously don't stay forever but it's just that remembering so anyways I just I wanted to touch on that because I always try to instill that through like every piece of content I create of like you don't have to stay here forever just don't jump ship the second it gets hard you know right yeah and just like so a huge birthday I've had is just honoring even when your flesh says not to because your flesh mm-hmm. doesn't know best right mm-hmm. so um yeah that season was crazy and I I actually ended up getting fired from that job um, oh my were you just rebelling against the leader <laughs> no, no so I had been like long story short um trying to honor these people still um I had just gotten lied to a lot I was a 21 22 year old girl that got lied to a lot Mm. and ended up like calling out one of the lies and got fired two weeks later and so well sometimes um, you know (laughs) you do have to stand for integrity though I feel like that that's not something Uh, you regret (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was really I learned so much and honestly like I carried so much shame from that. Mm-hmm. Like as a very career minded person, I felt like such a failure that I got fired from my first job. And like logically I could say to myself, okay, Hannah, like you were lied to a lot and you were treated terribly and this was not a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said earlier, like there was things I 100% wish I could have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I carried that shame with me for so long and really just up until like recently because counseling is awesome, um, found freedom from shame and like calling it for what it is mm-hmm. and moving forward. Like you don't have to live in that. Yeah. And like looking back, I see that like, that closed door and every door and every piece that has been part of my story over the last seven years to get me to where I am now mm-hmm. um, has totally been God's grace and mm-hmm. God's favor and catapulting me to a new season. And who knows, like if that hadn't have happened, I may still be working a job that sucks the soul out of me. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's always like, I just feel like I've learned so much and like, here we are, you know, like yeah. there's been so much growth to get to here. And um, I've learned so much, like every job I've had, I mean, there was like one point I was literally working like seven contract jobs, just like writing blog posts for this company. And I worked part-time at a pure bar and was just like trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And every single job that I've had, I can see so clearly where God was at in it and how I learned a skill that I needed or a task that I needed, or that's how I learned how wholesale works for my shop. Mm -hmm. I mean, like so specifically. And so the more I learned to just be faithful with little, um, God has given me more in every new season with new skills and new tasks uh, that I'm able to do because I was faithful with little. Hmm. I am so stinking thankful that you said that because it goes right <sighs> along with what we were saying, what we were saying. And, you know, I had the same experience, so I relate with that a lot. And I think that's something that can be so hard when you see what someone's doing now online or in life and you're like, I want to do that, but I'm here. You know, it's like right. 
and I don't know if you're like me, but I'm kind of multi-passionate and I've done a lot of different things. And sometimes oh, I'm yeah. like a lot of like, I don't know if you ever felt like when you were in the middle of something, it felt random. Like, why am I here? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. this is super random. Why do I need to do this? I mean, everything from like working as a server at a wedding venue while I was in college to working social media for a wedding venue to doing photography to then speaking randomly to then doing some highlighting in my Bible and showing other girls how to do that to like all those things I realized like wait doing that little like program taught me how to make an online course like I wouldn't have known that otherwise so now I can make courses about anything you know and like photography gives me the skills to create content for my brand now even though I'm not doing it as a service anymore like all those things that I'm like this is random why am I doing this right now like is this even in line it all has kind of come together like all the blogging I did has given me the skills to write copy for you know and write books and it's just like it's not random it just felt so random as I was like be bopping around from like thing to thing and side hustle to side hustle until it all kind of eventually after some time I think it eventually starts to like mold into this really cool thing and you can see how God's hand has been like guiding you and helping you accumulate the skills like I didn't get those skills in college you know I didn't get those skills from studying health administration but even my health administration degree which I never used gave me a lot of business skills and a lot of like communication skills and taught me how to like create my own resume and do things that I otherwise wouldn't have known. So even the things that I may not quote unquote use directly are still informing what I do now. And I think you have such a similar story and I want to encourage women with that because it's really important. Yes. If you can see every job you do as A, it's paying my bills and B, teaching me something that's going to get me to the dream goal, Mm -hmm. then you will live with joy. Mm -hmm. You won't live like you're in a poverty mindset of this is less than what I thought I was made for. Mm -hmm. You see it as a season of growth and creating you and preparing you for what's next. Yes. So, so good. I mean, I have so many women reach out to me and they're like, I'm four years out of college and I feel like I have to justify to everyone why I'm like still nannying or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I nannied like a couple summers. I nannied and as random as I thought that was, like it wasn't, you know, an internship for anything or whatever. Like that taught me a lot of valuable skills about like problem solving and nurturing and like things that you otherwise maybe wouldn't know. And so even that has meaning and you don't have to justify anything or explain away anything. And I think we do that as women a lot. Like, oh, I'm just in this temporary thing. Like it's not my forever. Mm -hmm. It's like own it. Like that's my big thing. It's like take ownership of it. It's still a blessing. It's still feeding you. It's still teaching you valuable skills and all work can be honorable, you know? And so anyways, I love that you shared that. I think that's so powerful. Thank you. So good. Okay. Question. So that's how you started. I love that you shared that story. And obviously your brand has grown a lot over the years, but tell me how things shifted when you became a mom, because we also have a lot of moms who listen to this show and are blogging or, you know, running an Etsy store or doing something photography. And they're trying to figure out like the shift that comes with that. So I'm just curious what that was like for you. Gosh, yeah. So when I had, when I got pregnant with my son, Knox, I had just had um, like the craziest, best year business-wise. Mm-hmm. I had launched, so like back it up a little bit. So all the while of working all these crazy jobs, I was growing my blog. I was being consistent, posting about my blog mm-hmm. um, and writing. I got some really big blog deals with like Dillard's and Bare Minerals. And that's what really catapulted my blog growth Mm -hmm. and then um I always told myself I wanted to launch a shop eventually once my brand felt strong enough Mm -hmm. so when I hit around 16,000 followers um I launched my brand for that um did a a bunch of sales that year and then I got pregnant and had this crazy identity crisis as a business owner um as a blogger I was like no one's gonna want to hear about my life that follows me right now if I'm a mom like Mm. I don't know it's just like such a setback and also such a lie from the enemy like Mm. I so many moms did follow me and I just didn't know it Mm. but I was allowing myself to believe that like if I changed or pivoted or shifted what I talked about no one would want to follow me Mm. um and so all through my pregnancy like I still was just kind of like a fashion blogger and I shared about my pregnancy um, and then, and so that was also kind of exciting. And then when I actually had Knox, um, I had this like shift in my readership and like I had a bunch of people unfollowing me and I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck? I feel like I'm getting almost like punished mm-hmm. for this really awesome thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, it feels so weird saying that, but when that is your job and so totally is your job it's like this weird tension of it doesn't matter but then you're like but it kind of does it kind of like feeds me yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) 
so it was just this really weird tension um and honestly just like feelings of rejection mm-hmm. um that there wasn't this excitement from everybody about this new yeah. season of life mm-hmm. and so out of fear of rejection i kind of just like stopped mm-hmm. um i my um shop i kind of went on autopilot we went from my first year of sales, I did just shy of 30,000 in sales. And then year two, I put autopilot and we like barely did sales. Like I did a couple mm. of launches and I felt like a failure there. Mm. And then my blog, I was like not able to keep up with because I'm this new mom mm. and I didn't know what to write about because I already felt rejected by people that were leaving. So I was like, well, I don't want to post anything to make more people unfollow me. Right. And so I was just in this really weird cycle in my mind. Um, and again, like just listening to lies, like, I feel like once I owned it and felt confident about the season that I was in, um, people came out of the woodwork of like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom too. Like share more about this Mm -hmm. and that and found community within my readership and new readers. Um, I was just, I let fear kind of rule me for a while Mm -hmm. out of really just people pleasing and fear of rejection, which like how many women deal with that, right? Okay. 100%. (laughs) And I think this is so powerful because I mean, I often say like, we aren't made to live in boxes. Right. And so like we as women are so often, all of us have a variety, we have a variety of skill sets and passions that we, and things we can speak and and teach about. So it's like, how do you find your lane without having to give up all your passions? But then on the flip side, seasonally, like, you know, I, I have experienced that in a totally different way, but I feel like when you're birthing something new, right. I feel like God does works in our heart and he shows us like, where he's leading us or he'll quite literally like put us into a new season like oh my gosh I'm pregnant or whatever and (laughs) (laughs) in a totally different way and I want to relate this both to moms and non-moms because I think it's really important for not only listeners and readers to hear but also to own for them themselves whatever they're doing um because I think it can happen a okay there's two things one I'll give my own example um I felt like I was in a season of pivoting about a year ago when I was like I really love getting to like help people and teach things like the skills I've learned from content creation to marketing and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But for a long time, I was doing it in a very like, uh, I guess like inspiration way. Like I wasn't actually teaching or talking about that side of things. I was very much like the friend and I love still doing that. But I felt like whenever I would talk about that, I was so terrified because I'm like, people are going to unfollow me because they don't want to hear about like the actual like process or strategy or education or ways I can actually help those who are interested and ask me and via DM all the time. But if I actually talk to those people with my content, these people are going to be mad. And actually that did, that did happen. Like I, I've lost followers. I've had people say like, I don't like that you talk about business now. I'm like, like, well, it's something that is very prevalent in my life and that I'm very passionate right. about and that I'm actually very skilled at. And so I want to help those who are asking. So what I always tell women when it comes to that specific thing is remember that it's not about just growing a big fan base. It's about finding the right community for the right. season and what you can really speak into, not what you're forcing to try to make everyone happy. And so that was a huge lesson I had to own and learn for myself. And I just have to be okay with the fact that I'm not going to serve everybody. And that's not my job. Right. I have to serve where I feel like I'm really called to go. And on top right. of that, I think for those who are like, maybe don't have, you know, online audiences or anything like that. Um, what's really interesting is I think that can still happen in life. Like, I think we can still like, for Big example, time. when you get married and suddenly you have all your single friends from college who maybe may stop inviting you because, oh, you're too yeah. busy for us. Or, oh, you know, you have a husband or, you know, whatever, or you don't relate with them in, in the same way when you start having kids and your friends are still, you know, single or whatever like or vice versa like you're single and your friend gets married and now you don't relate to her and you're like well I don't know how to talk about it's like I think that fear and that pressure to like somehow relate to everybody can be so real especially for women who are so relational um that it it's I think it's magnified when you have some sort of brand but I think it's very prevalent just in life too would you agree oh absolutely I mean yeah there's so many different scenarios we could go through where your life shifts and you feel awkward with someone now or like, Mm. you know, those relationships just change and it's part of life and people serve you in seasons and it's just, yeah, I totally Mm. agree. Thank you to Grow for sponsoring this episode. Small changes really do add up. There are a few simple swaps you can make in your home to say goodbye to single-use plastic with sustainable swaps from Grove. By now, you know how much we love Grove Collaborative, the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. I had no idea that a simple change to my toweling in my kitchen could be so easy. Grove's sustainable swap set has everything you need to get started. 
such as a bamboo straw set, reusable sandwich and snack bags, a reusable glass hand soap dispenser, and a walnut scrubber sponge. And for a limited time, my listeners get all of this for free with your first purchase from Grove. Join me and the thousands of others who are helping the environment with Grove's sustainable swaps. Now for a limited time, listeners who go to grove.co slash she get the Grove Sustainable Swap set free with purchase. Plus, you'll get free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. Go to grove.co slash she for this exclusive offer. Again, that's grove.co slash she. Well, I'm glad you shared that, and that's super interesting. So how would you say that you kind of were able to overcome that kind of pressure to prove or pressure to people please and kind of overcome, I guess, you know, you went on autopilot. You were also trying to learn how to be a mom and, you know, raise a human, <laughs> small detail. Right. Um, how did you, kind how did you balance all of that? Cause I think there are a lot of women who are experiencing that oh, tension gosh. of like career and trying to figure out how to keep that going without toting it on autopilot, but still be yeah. present for their child and still be, I mean, I know you're an ambitious hard worker too. Um, how do you, how did you, what was the like turning point for you? Was there a turning point or what was the like shift? Yeah. So there absolutely was a turning point and it came after it was just a really dark season. I would say probably for the first six months of having Knox, I just felt so discouraged and was barely posting again, operating out of fear on all levels. And then actually it was when I got diagnosed with postpartum OCD, mm-hmm. um, that, which I lived with for like months and mm-hmm. didn't know. Mm-hmm. And when I started sharing about that, I've always been super open about things in life. Like this is a side note. Um, I think part of the reason that my blog ever grew at all was because I talked about things that I didn't realize were things that a lot of people wouldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just always been very open about things I'm going through. And so I started talking about um, my postpartum OCD and I've like, that's when mom started coming out of the woodworks of like, I literally just booked an appointment with my doctor because I didn't realize that I think I have this. Mm. And you know, cause you hear, you hear so much about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no idea what postpartum OCD was. And so Can you really, give a quick it, explanation for anyone else sure. who might not know. Yeah. Um, so postpartum OCD is a type of postpartum depression but when you hear postpartum depression and what like my doctors prepared me for before Knox was born was look for like ill feelings towards your child you don't want to get out of bed mm-hmm. um you know things like that 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 were are just a very classic um depression mm-hmm. that a lot of women get and it's totally normal that women go through this like mm-hmm. your hormones are just imbalanced right yeah. like it's all part of the process um but postpartum OCD is actually where you get like crazy obscure thoughts so for me um it started out with like I didn't want to walk near the oven um if I was holding Knox because I had these really vivid images of my son rolling into the oven Hmm. or and like I like couldn't get the images out or like um images of him being eaten by something like just really Hmm. obscure thoughts Hmm. and like logically knew that that was kind of off but thought like well this just must be what people go through Mm -hmm. and then um my what really catapulted it was my husband is a pastor and he went to Africa and I didn't have any communication with him for like almost two weeks oh my gosh and then he got home how long was that after the baby was born that was at six months okay and I'd already been kind of having some weird things going on but again just thought it was totally normal Mm -hmm. and my mom lives like six hours away from me so I didn't have anybody helping me during those Mm -hmm. two weeks and like my symptoms just like went out the roof and Mm -hmm. I found myself having panic attacks and cleaning the baseboards around my house for hours um I would have a panic attack if I saw like not even kidding if I saw a piece of lint on my floor I would start to freak out and had to clean it Hmm. I was caulking my bathroom showers like taking out coffee redoing it my hands were peeling from using Clorox so much and just like thought oh this just must be normal Hmm. and then my final like straw, I became super forgetful. That is like one of the main symptoms for postpartum depression and postpartum OCD and anxiety. And I missed like three meetings one week, which is so out of character for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I leave worship and uh, there was one Sunday I got a test from my worship pastor. He was like, hey, are you coming? And I'd never missed a Sunday in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was horrified. And so I was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it felt like the more that I forgot or the more anxious I got, the worse it got Hmm. and then a friend just was like 
hey, I just want to let you know, like, I see that you've asked for a prayer about this. I just want to let you know that's actually a really common sign of postpartum OCD. And that was the first person that said something to me. Mm. And of course, my husband and I, like, to speak to my husband, like, he didn't know. Neither of us know that this isn't really, like, normal. You know, Mm. we just think it's normal. And again, he was gone for two weeks of this um, when it got really, really bad. And so it was just a really interesting season and it was really hard but then I went to a doctor and the doctor diagnosed me and I feel like half of my healing was just getting a diagnosis Hmm. Um, just yeah yeah just like calling something out for what it is when you do that and you bring it to light um so you can finally do something with it right Hmm. and that's what it felt like for me um so that's postpartum OCD um it's it's going to look a little different for everybody, but that's what it looked like for me. Yeah, no, I think that's so important to touch on. I mean, and I think what's so powerful about this is you were almost unaware and you just kind of wrote it off as like, this must be normal. And I think there are, whether it's postpartum OCD or postpartum depression in a different form or um, other, you know, mental health challenges that we experience as people, whether it's anxiety or whether it's whatever it is, like, I think, Um, there's a lot of times that we start to accept things as our norm and as our reality and just like write them off. And I think, I don't know if you experienced this, but a, I think it was obviously very helpful that your friend was able to maybe give you some sort of direction and like open your mind to like, Hmm, maybe this isn't good or normal. Right. right? This isn't how it has to be. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I think there's a lot of courage in saying, okay, I'm going to go find out. And I think in order to experience the freedom that we need to experience, especially when something is off and we know it, but we don't want to face it or touch it, or we don't know how to describe it. So we just kind of let it like lie dormant, but then it comes Mm -hmm. out in these really, like you said, in these two weeks, like it just came out in this totally extreme way. Um, You know, I think we sometimes forget that in order to get to the, to the confidence or to the freedom that we are made for and that we need to experience in our marriages, in our life, in our, just on our own it starts with courage and it's the courage to say, I need to learn how to own this and figure out what's going on and, and be more aware. I think there's like a little bit of a fear of calling something out and that can apply, I think to any uh, challenge that we're facing, but very, I think the, the mental health side of things is a whole nother ball game. Cause I think it, there's something, I think there's something maybe scary about that. (laughs) Um, there's a problem here or this isn't normal or this isn't healthy or it might be normal. It might be common, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's good and doesn't mean I should accept it as forever, you know? Yeah. And I think the more that we talk about the reason I'm so passionate about it is I'm like, well, a a lot, like there's so many women that like me have never heard of postpartum OCD. Mm -hmm. So they're living with it thinking it's normal. So if I can help like five women who follow me, know maybe this is what I have, then my job is done. Like, that's awesome. But also just making it normal to talk about mental health in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I don't know, it shouldn't be shameful to be like, yeah, I have postpartum OCD or, you know, Mm -hmm. women shouldn't be afraid to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But because it's so not talked about, so many people are afraid to talk about their anxiety or their OCD. And then they see somebody talk about it and they finally get to raise their hand and say, oh my gosh, me too. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for talking about this. And now I feel normal. And like, I can take my mask off and actually talk about it too. Right. So that I can heal. (laughs) So that that I can at least get the help I need. Totally. Totally. Well, that's so good. And I think that's sometimes we forget because it's maybe may not be as obvious or the outward signs might be kind of like hit and miss. Like there might be an outward sign, but then it lies dormant for a little while. So we're like, oh, okay, I must be fine, you know. Um, And I always try to encourage people like, you know, I don't think we want to quickly diagnose anything like, oh, I must have anxiety because I was stressed out today. It's like, no, let's make sure that we're really paying attention, but also having the open dialogue and really being intentional about being brave enough to maybe ask the hard questions to to share. I love that you're sharing that because I think it is. It's so true. It's not so like physically apparent. Like if you have a broken leg, no one's going to be like, oh my gosh, you weirdo, you have a broken leg. It's like, no, you have a broken leg. But I think we somehow, why is that any different? You know? Right. Yeah. It shouldn't be at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think what's interesting too, and I'm glad that we're sharing this in this context is something that you experienced when it came to mental health affected not only you, but it also probably affected it. Obviously, like you said, it affected your work um, mm-hmm. and what you were growing and the dream you were chasing and what you were building and the impact you were making. And it also did it affect would you say it affected your family or your personal faith at all? Um, if anything, 
it allowed me a season. So, you know, like work was really slow and I was afraid to post Mm -hmm. and it really gave me a season. I went to a counselor for the first time during this really low season Mm -hmm. and found healing. And honestly, like my postpartum diagnosis was kind of what pushed me to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've really needed to do for the last 10 years. And so finally Mm -hmm. this season that could have destroyed me actually is what healed me Mm. and pushed me toward so much more that God had for me. Mm. And once I healed and was really starting to process through even deeper emotions that I have and things I've been through, um, I finally was like ready. And Mm. that's where I'm at now today is I'm back into the business. I'm growing that the media management business Mm -hmm. and I feel so much more confident and free from things that used to consume me Mm -hmm. and just confidently walking forward. And this is who I am. This is the season. Um, about three months ago, I forced myself to change my bio line and like, I'm owning that I'm a mom blogger now and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just like, if I'm not for you, that's fine. Um, Mm. But yeah, just a total perspective shift in this new season. But it was 100% brought about because I sought help, sought healing, and allowed just really dusty corners of my heart to get shaken off. Mm. And now I feel so much more equipped and confident to move forward. Hmm. I love that. And I relate to it a lot in a different way, just from, I think sometimes that those things that like, I love that you said, I'm just owning that I'm a mommy blogger now, because before you were probably like, I don't want to be that, you know, or my audience doesn't want that from me. And we do believe those lies like, okay, this is the shift that's happened or the pivot that's happened. And what's interesting to me and what the part that I relate to most is that in my own kind of shifting of feeling like I need to actually own where I'm at and what I'm thriving at and kind of like in some ways I feel like doing that for you is probably you really operating I call this thing your genius zone like that's where you're going to thrive because that's what you're experiencing that's what you're becoming an expert at right like that's what you can most naturally speak on that's where you can really help a very specific person and I think sometimes we try to operate outside of that because we're trying to live into expectations and out of that can create things like mental health problems or (laughs) anxiety or you know problems and I actually experienced a lot of not in the same way but I think sometimes out of our pain or sometimes out of like I remember I was working and just hustling to be what I want what I thought everyone else wanted me to be and it created massive anxiety in me and it created a lot of uneasiness and I was like why am I even doing this I think I'm doing it for other people and so Mm -hmm. I finally had to just like get with God and I started seeking counsel and I finally like there was so much release and freedom like I was like God I really want to talk about this stuff and like this is what I really thrive at and this is where I've been able to help people and like but I feel so stuck and scared and I have anxiety because I'm trying to be this person but I'm like I'm really over here you know and like is that bad are you mad at me like what should I do and it's like I think I was so reminded and like just through just really wise people in my life that I was sharing this with and like seeking counsel from privately and you know really working through this um especially when you have any kind of public brand I think it makes it really hard to do those things um but you know I just felt like there was just this reminder of like hey there's freedom here like You don't have to do it this way or that way. Or I think sometimes even as believers, we can put this massive pressure on ourselves of like, this is what you must do and how you must talk about it and what you, and I think I, but even just as people in general too, I think we can feel that. And I think sometimes when we live into that um, and we allow it to take over our lives, it creates a lot of anxiety. But out of that, I finally, you kind of get to a point where you're like, I got to stand my ground. Like I got to get the help. I got to seek the counsel and I've got to own where I'm really at and what I really am going to thrive at doing because this is how God wired me. Like this is where I'm at. This is my season. And if you don't like it, like, sorry, sister, I'm not here to serve you. And like, I'm here to serve you, but I'm not here to make everybody happy. And I think, I think we forget that and we don't own our power in that regard. Like you being able to speak into moms with this, like this is the power in the story God gave you for a reason. And if it's suddenly like not as appealing to someone who liked what you did four years ago, like, okay, you serve them for a season. And I really think we forget that. And I I just relate to that in that, you know, when you go through pivots or God brings you into new seasons or, you know, gives you freedom to speak into a new space or it it sometimes comes from a season of what almost crushed you. Like it comes from a place of like, I'm so full of anxiety and fear and overwhelm or, you know, there's something mental mentally going on that I don't understand. And working through that in the private way is going to affect what you choose to do professionally or publicly. And not everyone else has to understand that. And I think that's okay. (laughs) Yes. There's so much freedom in that. I think it was two weeks ago. I said to my husband that I feel the least anxious about 
just like across the board about all the things I have my hands in for the first time Mm. in probably like five years Mm. because I finally understand only offer to clients, only offer to who reads your blog Mm -hmm. what you actually offer. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to be something you're not. Um, Don't overpromise. You know, like for my clients, there's so many things that when you operate out of fear or out of trying to please people, you add all these things to your plate that you're not actually good at or you're not actually created to do. You might actually be good at it, but that's not what you said you're going to do. And then you've overextended yourself once more, you know, Mm -hmm. and the best lesson I've learned is run your lane, stick to the things that you feel called and convicted to do. And that's it. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything else. Offer more of yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Like there's so many things that once you just figure that out, mm. there's so much freedom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm, I love that we're having this conversation. I feel like we're both in a, we've kind of come to that place very differently, the avenues in which we've come to it, but I had literally like a month ago or three weeks ago, I told my husband, cause for a while I was like hating what I was doing, which is sad because it's mm-hmm. like, it was meaningful work, but it was just draining me. And it wasn't, right. I felt like it wasn't fully aligned with like my genius zone in that regard or like where yeah. I really, well, I really felt like I was supposed to be. Um, but anyways, I remember I, I said to him after like 10 months of deep work and like trudging through it and just trying to show up anyway and figure it out and deal with people's negative opinions and all the things that can come with that. I finally, mm-hmm. I looked at him like three weeks ago or something and I was like, I feel like I'm finally starting to love my work again. And it's so funny to me because I think like it it always makes me laugh because I think sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, you have the dream job, right? Like you get to run your own social media company or you get to do this. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, but there's like, there's pros and cons with everything you do. And I I always try to be real about that. Like there was a season where I was like, I am miserable and just creating out of expectation and obligation, not like overflow and joy um no one would know that because you don't see that stuff you know and so it was Mm -hmm. so freeing to be able to look at him and be like I'm owning my lane and I'm doing things that doesn't make everybody happy but that's okay and I was like I feel like I finally have direction and like I'm loving getting to do this again because I started off with overflow and then it just became not that you know so sometimes you try to do a bunch of things and that's okay but you have to learn how or you go through hard seasons and you have to just wrestle and maybe not put things out into the world or maybe not produce and I think that's the other thing is like sometimes there's seasons where you don't have to have an outcome production wise because there's an internal outcome that's being worked out like there's absolutely a fruit that's coming from a growth standpoint from a faith standpoint from a mental health standpoint and we for, we discredit that because it may not be so measurable. Right, right. Oh, so good. Okay, I'm curious. The last, I guess, speaking to that, I have two last questions. The first would be, how did you navigate being part of a community, like whether it was in you know your local community, your church, or your home, or your family, um, and still showing up during that season of like really struggling with that and trying to heal through it? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, as a pastor's wife, I feel like, it's almost this like pressure we put on ourselves that we have to be super put together. And especially mm-hmm. like I live my life on social media. So like, it's just like, this, and no one's put it on me except for me. Right. Yeah. But there's just this pressure I put on myself of like, I have to show up and I have to be the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to talk about all of these things mm-hmm. because now people are going to look at me with pity when I come to church because they know I have postpartum OCD, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, but I'm so thankful because A, that's not real. And talking about it, it's opened up so many conversations and doors with people from my church community. But second, I'm so thankful because I do have this really close-knit group of girls that are from my church. And then I have three best friends that I've had since I was like 12. Mm. And so having this really close-knit group of girls that I can be like complete mask off, I just literally don't even have to be anything for them. Mm. Um, I don't have to be a rule, nothing has been so healing for me. Mm. So even though I have a role um, in in the church and like, you know, my husband's on staff, I don't have to be something I'm not ever. Hmm. And then especially so in community that believes in me and loves me and I don't have to be anything for. Hmm. And so even if you're not a pastor's wife, like we all are, we are our role in something. Hmm. And we always, there's something that we feel like we have to show up and be turned on oh, for. Yes. And like, to, <laughs> so yeah, it's like, so to have this opportunity close community that you just don't have to be anything for everybody needs that Mm. it's like they have to have people 
you can just show up for and be like, man, today sucks. Mm, or yep. like, please pray for me because I'm I'm convinced that someone followed me home and is going to steal my baby because that was one of the things that postpartum OCD made me think. And like, mm. it's just to have people like that is so important. Mm. Um, like always, like community. And it like, I always tell people, so Jesus had three, 12, and then 72. So he had the closest friends. There was only three of them of the disciples that mm. like were kind of considered his closest net group of friends. Then there was the 12 disciples and then there was the 72. And so you kind of like the way that I was taught was structure your friendships in the same way, like have about three people who know everything about you Hmm. that you can be like nothing for and they love you Hmm. and then show up for the 12 who are like still your really close knit and then Hmm. beyond. Um, So yeah, that's community is everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I love the kind of the rings and using that example because it's so true. I, I think sometimes like what we were talking about just a few minutes ago about almost feeling afraid to disappoint or let others down or not live into the image that we think others perceive we need to, um, or that we perceive others think we need to. Like, I I think we, there's so much wisdom in having like your three or your go-to small circle. And those are the people that a, not only do you have to just, you can just show up as you are and not have to prove anything or bring anything to or whatever. But I think those are also the people that you can entrust to speak into your life. I, Cause a lot of people will give you opinions. And when we start, I think sometimes what we do is we get it backwards. Like we live for the 72 plus and oh we try to like weigh the opinions of the 72 plus And we <laughs> forget that the power is actually in the three that know us best. And that was really, yes like so pivotal in me making decisions when it came to pivoting and doing what was mentally healthy and spiritually healthy for me and things like that. Yeah. But we often, but the 72 plus are who we like tend to weigh the opinions of, even though they have no inner connection, you know? And right. I, I think that's so huge. I love that you shared that, like having the power inner circle, then kind of your outer ring where like, those are the people maybe you see on the weekends or that you go do like bonfires with, or, you know, right. that you may even be like mentoring or discipling or leading or coaching or whatever. And then yes. you have like the wider audience that might be your church, your church community or family and friends that see you every couple months or your mm-hmm. Instagram community or whatever. But like we often put so much weight on the 72 plus and we forget the power of just the three. So I love that you've yes. given that visual. I think that's huge. Love it so much. Okay. Last question mm-hmm. is what would you tell the gal who is going through postpartum depression or OCD or even just depression or anxiety or anything kind of in that mental health space? Um, and what would you tell What would you tell her? And on the same token, what would you tell the girl who's trying to support a friend during a similar season? Does mm. that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So to the girl who's struggling with mental health, I want to look her in the face and grab her and tell her, you're normal. Mm. <laughs> like, it's okay. Our brain is wired and can think things that aren't from us, right? Mm. And hormones can make us do things or think things that aren't really us and that's normal and it's okay and you're not messed up because you have a, a problem or a depression I don't even hold on repeat I don't even want to say it's a problem mm-hmm. um it's just there might be something a little off and that's okay and it's normal and so yeah like that's what I would want to tell her and then it's okay to get help and help is really going to help Mm-hmm. move forward yeah um so yeah that's what I would say to them and then for people from the outside I just want people to be aware of just I don't know looking and being aware of the people that you love your three and your 12 especially mm-hmm. are probably who you're going to be able to notice little things in because you're with them the most mm-hmm. um and so love on them and don't be afraid to call out truth and as a friend it's your your job to help people call things for what they are and to speak truth into them. Mm -hmm. And so like my friend who was part of my close knit community who said, Hey, actually this might be postpartum anxiety or OCD. Um, She changed my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she had to break through that barrier of fear that was like, ah, this might offend. This might be scary to say this, but it changed my world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I don't know, you know, you just have to love people hard enough in your community to be 
maybe a little offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, To take the risk of maybe putting them a little bit on the defense, but to love them enough and you don't have to attack them. I love that she suggested it rather than said, oh, you probably have this. It was more like gentle and like, hey, I've noticed this and I've heard of this. I would look into it. Like not just diagnosing you or putting you in a corner or anything like that, but lovingly suggesting or helping her be more aware or just being available, I think was I think that she did that very well, but have you heard that proverb that says, I don't remember what the proverb is, but it's so wise. It says, um, the kisses of an enemy, um, or the wounds, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but the wounds of an enemy or of a friend can be trusted, which basically Mm, means like someone who truly loves you is going to help and be willing to speak up and love you hard enough to say the hard things that may not be really fun to have to face or deal with, but you know, someone who's not truly a friend is just going to be like, oh, you're fine. You're great. You're wonderful. You're this, you're that. And they're just going to like sugarcoat everything. And so look for the people who are willing to like take the risk of maybe even being, putting themselves in an uncomfortable position to love you. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like off of that too, if iron sharpens, if iron sharpens iron, then you have to be in a group and a community of people that you're willing to sharpen you. Hmm. Um, because that's how God created us. Like he wants us to be refined and sharpened by the people that we interact with and who we surround ourselves with. Hmm. So good. It's so true. I think that's like such a, it's like life advice and wisdom that I think we push under the rug a lot. And it's like, it's so practical, but it's so powerful in our lives. And I I just really want to encourage anybody who's listening, whether you are in the position that Hannah was in, or maybe you're the friend and kind of seeing that happen to someone you love, like, be really aware and just get creative and how you can really love someone through that too. So yeah. thank you for sharing that and for giving that insight. Thank you. Yeah. It's my joy too. Yeah. Well, before we go, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Maybe read more of your story. I'm sure there's women who are listening who are like, I need more of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on my Instagram, um, the cake by Hannah. And then I also have my website, the cake by And um, every Tuesday, I send out a weekly devotional um, that I write. And then sometimes I have guest writers that contribute as well. I love it. I love it. And if you need social media management, hit her up too. (laughs) Yeah, do that. It's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. It has been such an honor. I know you've blessed this community. And I can't can't wait to hear the feedback. I know it's going to be so amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.